1: John and Steven. Thank you, this is Kevin Etta Comics and I'm your host John Clark. Saturday was Spider-Man Day, commemorating the 59th anniversary of the first publication of Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy 15, a comic I have never owned, but I got to hold twice. Uh, I love Spider-Man, Marvel did not do a big push for it, but that was kind of nice because People like Dan Gavazdin, who runs the Amazing Spider-Man podcast, and artists like Ron Friends just kind of came out and talked about their love of Spider-Man. So, Steven and I talk about it. But, you know, it's us, so it takes us a while to get to it. There's other things to talk about, too. So, let's talk about the other things. All right. So, we were just talking... um, As we were gearing up for the podcast, we were just talking about Neil Adams, and it hit a point where I'm like, oh... First of all, we're talking about Neil Adams, who Michelle mentioned on the podcast last week. And that right.
0: I think that's how he came up. We yeah, you said about the you were just saying you
1: were listening week. to it and then Neil Adams and we immediately spun into a bunch of Neil Adams stories. Right. Because Neil Adams is, is a fascinating individual.
0: Yeah, look like uh I'd say there's there's four um well, I guess it's yeah. We'll see. I'm gonna count them. Okay, Who are you there's counting? a couple artists from like the yeah. It's four. There's four big artists from like the Silver Age that I are like the kings for mm-hmm. me. And it's Kirby, uh, Neil Adams, Buschman, and Starencio. These guys are like my favorite Silver Age guys.
1: See, I would throw. Uh, I I don't think I'd argue with you, but I would throw Romita in there.
0: Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so there you go. Five, four, five, five or whatever okay. it is. Good, but the, I won. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, Neil, yeah, I love Ramita. How could you forget him? Because I'm a knucklehead. Um, but Neil Adams it, is is a nut, <laughs> you know. And it's like, and, I, and he's in a group with Jim Starenko, who's a nut, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Oh my God. <laughs> Both those two guys are like the same flavor of crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah, Jim Starenko is so wonderfully nutty. I feel well, like see it-
0: that's the thing, though. But I think it's like I don't know. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion I wouldn't agree with. Jim Stranko's politics. I think he's probably, uh, you know, kind of like a Frank Miller lunatic. Mm. But Neil Adams isn't like,
1: Jim well, Stranko's in the, like a
0: fun way. And Neil, Neil Adams, Adams believes is the earth is growing. Way. Yeah, Neil Adams thinks like there's like, the earth is like getting bigger all the time. because and he's, he, like, he, he does like YouTube videos about it. Like I he, remember watching one of these videos And being like, why do I know, why does this voice sound familiar? And then I looked in the credits and it was Neil Adams. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy, this isn't like a hobby of his. This he
1: actively. No, he told me once. I I (laughs) saw him at the. I think he tells everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I saw him at the continuity booth in one of the first New York comic cons and no one was there. So I ran over to uh, my friend Gus who owns Silver Age Comics, which has been there for 30 years. Um. I was like, hey, sell me the Batman hardcover. I'm going to get Neil Adams to sign it. And then, so I ran back over and I have that book that he signed. And while he was signing it, I was like, hey, I heard you on a podcast. I think it was like John Suntress, the early days of word balloon. I was like, and you were talking about the earth growing? He's like, oh, yes. And then 10 minutes that I will never never get back. I always want somebody, this is why I do this podcast. I want somebody to tell me a crazy story. Right. Yeah. I, uh. We, he's super approachable.
0: He's, mm-hmm. he's always at C2E2, yeah. at least in every C2E2 I've been there. I'm pretty sure I've seen him. And like me and my sister went up and uh, just talked to him. We didn't, I don't really do uh, signatures on little books carrying on This is, I'm going to go to a, like a signing. I'm not going to bring it yeah. to like a convention. Oh yeah. Uh, it used to be. I don't fan- think we.
1: Oh yeah. It used to be fantastic for that. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah it was, it was like, great. Mike Benyola
1: was and, there. Howard Chaikin, Mark Waid. There's that
0: big comic book store in Chicago. We saw Alex Ross. Challengers. No, it was oh no Chicago no Chicago Chicago Comics, Comics. yeah right the big one in Chicago Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> but oh and we weren't prepared to see him we didn't know we were gonna see him but he 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 doesn't come in with like a whole army of people he's usually you can get him in Talk to him for a minute. We just went up we shook his hand. When that was the thing people were doing. Well, he's
1: all about running you know? continuity studios. He's still all right. about making continuity a big company. So he likes to be there as the president of the company, not as the superstar artist of the 70s.
0: Right, and he's a total sweetheart to talk to. You, yeah. know, you just kind of say thanks for all the you – know, you you're one of the best artists of all time, blah, 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 and all that good stuff. Um, but he's, he's a
1: nut. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fucking nut. Well, way back – this was before we started the podcast – when he did Batman Odyssey – if it's still in print in fact they included it in the omnibuses because they were like we need all the batman neil adams um it's a 12 issue series that makes absolutely no sense and he wrote and drew it and it was so such a fascinating ride that before we started the podcast you guys started a blog on the store page and yeah you gave me that book to review yeah. I, I think I, I wrote yeah. a review. I wrote a review of it. If I can find it, I'll copy it and put it on the Facebook page. But, uh, but I've kept that book ever since. Yeah. It's because it's, it's so, it's so nutty. I can't let it go. Yeah. I remember you were getting
0: it, um, uh, monthly or subscribed to it. And I think you had a get few it. And then I think I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Maybe that was it. And I, but I remember you'd get an issue and then we'd, I think I was reading them off the shelf or something. We were talking and just trying to like, are we crazy <laughs> or is Neil <he laughs> Adams crazy? Because it just seemed like it was like when All Star Batman was coming out. Those it, it was a little
1: after. Things. I think it was the, like the next big.
0: No, no, no. I'm saying like it's like that in yes. the sense where when All Star Batman started, yes, everyone is kind of pretending it was a great book. It and was it like took, f- it was it like Phantom Menace. Issues. Right. It took a couple issues yeah. for people to be like, oh no, this is. This
1: is Frank Miller's
0: lost his mind. This is all just nonsense. Yeah, Fan,
1: Phantom Menace, I remember the summer of ninety nine, I went to see it four times. And the first time I went to see it, Howie Wand Garden, I saw it like opening morning because we we couldn't wait because it was new Star Wars. Yeah. The next three that. times the hype was insane. The next three times I went by myself in the middle of the day just saying maybe it's me. Right. You want I, to like, check. I need to give it another chance because <laughs> yeah. at that point, it's Star Wars. There were only four of them. Right. But yeah, that book is, is kind of like that. But you were saying how um, Neil Adams, right before he started recording, Neil Adams is like uh, this amazing artist from 20 years ago. Well, now at this point, 40 oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, who was the superstar of his era, and he's. But he's got crazy ideas. He wants to write his own stuff, and it goes off the rails. And as you were saying that, I went, oh, my God, he's Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane is the Mm. next Neil Adams. Yeah, he just got
0: there a lot earlier.
1: (laughs) He got – well, he got there – he got there even faster because I think what Todd did was stay on the same book for a while. Neil always jumped around. Yeah, Neil like, Adams is
0: all over the place. When you
1: try to follow Neil's timeline, it's like, okay, here are some of the X-Men and then there's Green Lantern, Green Arrow and then here's some Batman. Even when he did Batman, he didn't do a run. It was like an issue of Batman and then two months later, an issue of Brave and the Bold and then like three months later, an issue of Detective. And, yeah. And like other artists like Irv Novik were finishing his story. So it's kind of scattershot. Like Todd was smart enough to go, I got Amazing Spider-Man. I'm staying on Amazing Spider-Man. I think too, though, if you're getting Amazing Spider-Man, no one wants to leave drawing that book. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's Neil like, Adams was on Batman, and he kept jumping around. Well, I think that was back.
0: It was a lot earlier in the process. You know, Todd McFarlane was. I uh, comic book artists knew who Neil Adams were, was, or comic book fans knew who Neil Adams was, but there were f- five times as many people reading. Spider-Man, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the amount of people reading that book. It's well, like this was
1: he, this was yeah. like, you know twenty years, thirty years in between. I'd love to see the numbers. I know nobody tops McFarlane's numbers because he was selling like a million copies. Yeah, um, insane numbers. And that's what's amazing about those issues. If you try to track them down, they're all over the place, but they're still twenty bucks each. Like right, which is kind of crazy because like
0: you know, Death of Superman's floating around in like the quarter bins and yeah, X-Men number one. Because you know, so,
1: but they were in like that in the nineties. They were so crazily overprinted. Right. Spider Man number one, you can get really cheap because that's the book that they went nuts on. But there was, I watched this documentary. It was on Sci Fi, and now it's on YouTube through the Sci Fi channel. There's a documentary about Todd McFarlane that I knew you would never ever watch. Oh no! And it's called uh, Todd McFarlane. Like hell, I won't.
0: <laughs> oh, see, I've seen it on YouTube. It, it's advertised. It must be because I saw it came up, and I like. Instead of ignoring it, I wanted YouTube to know like I don't want to see it. And I actually I said Market like, spam. you know, you can like mark it and say, like, I'm not interested in this video, and then it'll be like, tell us why. And I'll be like, I don't want to hear from Todd <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you actually type that in the field? No, it's I not don't a field. want to hear that. It. Like, yeah, it's I it's like watched, the subject matter I didn't care for. I watched it the other day and it was interesting because it really brought home that Neil Adams uh Transition now McFarlane McFarlane was way cartoony Or Neil Adams brought this like illustrated look Um which Advanced all of comics To a more sophisticated level what McFarlane did Was this cartoony Style mixed with horror With a ton of energy that just caught On immediately
0: yeah and
1: But that's but he's the way Neil Adams sits at the continuity Table like He could go to the Marvel table and probably Make more money doing autographs than he would at continuity because people don't know he's there. Like McFarlane is just running TMP. He's never leaving image. You know, Jim Lee sold his stake to DC. Todd McFarlane is never leaving. And there's these shots of them working on spawn 300 because that's when they shot it. And uh, they interviewed like Greg Capullo and Mark Silvestri. Uh, but one of the interesting things was like every time they show McFarlane, it's kind of this big empty office. And I think the idea was like, oh, look how hard he's working. He's working late into the night. And the impression I got was like, nobody works there anymore. Like yeah. in the '90s, it used to be like a full staff of like 30 people, and like Greg Capullo was there, but also these guys that he grew up with that he named characters after, like Terry Fitzgerald, Al Simmons. They were all uh, on the like the board. They were all like editors of McFarlane Productions. None of them are in it, and I, I just. It gave me this. I don't think it's what he wanted me to walk away from it, but it gave me this kind of sad feeling of like, oh, yeah, time's past McFarlane by. And, and then when he does something like the Spawn Kickstarter, like, yeah, everybody kind of gets galvanized because of the nostalgia of it. But it's the same way when Neil Adams puts out the Batman omnibus that everybody's like, oh, I need to get this. Or Green Lantern, Green Arrow is coming out again. I think it's an absolute. Yeah. People are going to buy that.
0: reprinting it.
1: But you know, people. I don't. I, I'm sh- the Green Lantern. Green Lantern. The Green Lantern, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Green Arrow. On this, will probably outsell his Fantastic Four book. You oh know. yeah, I
0: mean for sure. I uh, I wonder. I'm curious about the Fantastic Four. Mark Wade on the Fantastic Four is kind of like. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. What as many as much of that as you want to give me, I'll take. I have
1: the oversized hardcover of that which Mark Wade signed it. Oh yeah. Yeah, we and I love up. Mark Wade because I annoyed him just a little bit. But- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the but he liked talking uh, to me and he agreed to do the podcast years and years ago.
0: Yeah, that was a different world now.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, nobody goes in. I can't get you to come here for the podcast. Yeah, I, oh, it's like every time you're rolling the dice,
0: it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like first ticking up again. We're just like, how long is this going to go on for?
1: Yeah Uh, because people won't wear their fucking masks no because well we talked about this a few weeks ago because america's the you can't tell me what to do nation right which it seems very todd mcfarlane (laughs) yeah although he's canadian he's probably the meanest canadian there is
0: probably that's probably why we're stuck with him
1: (laughs) yeah but it's interesting too because there's an interesting dynamic in that documentary between him and greg capullo where you can kind of see that Todd McFarlane looks at Capullo like a father figure because Capullo was a young artist when he grabbed him. Like he had done some Quasar, he had done some X Force, but he wasn't—he wasn't like one of the big, big names. And right. McFarlane's like, McFarlane was falling behind on Spawn. He's like, I need somebody who can keep a deadline. And Capullo ended up doing from like issue 15 to issue 100, and then a lot of the packaging art, a lot of the press releases, and he stayed. He worked for Todd for like I don't know, like 15 years before. New 52 brought him over to DC. And honestly, that was Bob Harris was running New 52. And his name's kind of been erased from history. But Bob Harris was the big X-Men editor in the 90s.
0: Right. That's why, that's why it's like you got a lot of 90s. Uh, New 52, everyone goes, oh, the New 52, New 52. Like everything was so fucking great. We got Rob Liefeld doing a Deathstroke book in the new 52. And you know Hawkman. I mean?
1: Yeah. Scott Lobdell. Uh, the
0: Hawkman by Scott Lobdell. We Scott Lobdell. That's got they put Red Arrow in like a trucker cap. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the, the Bob Harris, the 90s editor, was yeah. all over the fucking new 52. I think pouches were everywhere. You're just like, oh, it's DC revisiting the 90s and doing Rebirth.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, with Jim Lee going, but everything has seams now. <laughs> it's not right, sp- yeah it's not spandex and pouches now it's right, seams right. and pouches because we're d- doing the authority in 1998 <laughs> yeah the um but that's why the cream rises to the top because everybody's like oh my god you put greg capullo on batman and that was like alchemy and teamed up with scott right. Snyder. but it's like no they were putting every image guy on something at dc
0: right it was like basically mostly- they
1: hired all those guys back yeah, most of, those, uh, most of those books are forgotten. But Capullo became – Capullo, be, Capullo be, basically became Todd McFarlane of the 2010s. And there's this interesting dynamic that's unsaid. They show them together and Capullo said – Capullo tells a story that he's told in the press of, like, when they did Spawn 300, he said um, he needed to be a part of it. And he went to D.C. and he's like, look, you guys know that I did all this Spawn. This is a milestone Spawn three hundred is actually it beats Cerebus as the longest creator-owned book ever. He's like, and he's like, mm. and he's like my name's associated with this. You need to, you need to give me a break for my DC contract to do this. And he was doing Last Night on Earth, which is why there was a there was a long break between issues one and two, because he went right. and did Spawn three hundred and came back, and DC was like, yeah, you're right, go do it. And I'm sure they knew that's good press for us, of right? Like that of you know Capullo's doing something that, that's not Batman. But there's this interesting dynamic of you could see in the back of Todd McFarlane's eyes looking at him like, oh, I, that used to be me.
0: Yeah, he used to be hot shit, you <laughs> yeah. know, and now it's like his kid is.
1: It's like I was uh, listening to Jim Carrey was on Mark Maron a couple weeks ago, and I implore you to go listen to WTL. Yeah, Jim, Carrey.
0: Jim Carrey's interesting because he's, he's, a, he's a nut, but he's.
1: Kind of like Neil Adams.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I don't know. It's like uh, I, we, we actually were going to go see him talk. I guess he wrote a book. And my buddy yeah, that's why he's we doing podcast,
1: because he just came okay. out.
0: Right, so we were going to go, he was going to speak downtown, and my buddy's like, you want to go see him? And I'm like, actually, I kind of do, because he says, like, crazy shit, but it, I think it's like, it's, it's real crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and, when it's he's, like, a, and when he says it, I guess it shows how crazy I am. When he says it, I go, yeah, I get that.
0: <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. I think it's like, he says things that, like, is, you know, I remember them, he said something weird at some premiere or something.
1: Oh yeah, About, he says like, he says none of this is real. Right, He's like, I'm and, not really here. Right, but you know what and, he when you let him talk on Mark Marin, he, he bas- basically the story he tells was he got so famous that like very early his brain went, This is bullshit. because like, right. he got he got to the end of the fame pier and he was like, Oh, there's nothing. So I think when he's in those situations, he's when he's in those situations when he's celebrated for being famous, he deliberately fucks with you. Right,
0: um, but I think he's an interesting guy. So yeah. I uh, we didn't get to get his talk, so I will check that out. I actually he was on. Um, I hate this fucking guy. I was just talking to Doug about this. I hate Bill Maher, but I watch his show. But I yeah. not since like quarantine, but when it was regular. And uh, he had Jim Carrey on and, you know, he was saying all this like ludicrous stuff, this crazy stuff. But you're just like, he's saying interesting things. You want to hear him, you know?
1: Yeah, well, Jim Carrey was talking about the comedy store in L.A. when He was. He talked a lot about uh, doing stand-up before he got big. And that obviously that's what Marin's most interested in. So they spend a lot of time of him rising as a stand-up where he was an impressionist. And then he started to create characters. And they talk a lot about that. And he's like, man's like, well, who'd you see coming in and who are your guys? And Jim Carrey's is talking about a few people and he goes, Robin Williams. He's like, I would just be amazed when Robin Williams would come in and, you know, and, and be in awe. And then I would talk to him. Um, and he tells this beautiful story, but what rang in my head was I read, uh, Robin a couple of years ago it was the biography of Robin Williams. Yeah. And what Jim Carrey didn't know, or, um, it would happen later, or, uh, Robin Williams was terrified of Jim Carrey.
0: I remember hearing about that. Yeah, is that Robin it, Williams was like, fuck, this guy, he's doing me. Yeah, right? and he, he's doing, he's in my, the same lane. He's in yeah. my lane, and he's- Yeah, and, and he's, he's younger. And he's killing it. Right, he's younger, and he had done Ace Ventura or something, right? Yeah, it was like
1: around the time where he was really breaking, like, Ace Ventura and The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, like, it was like, hit, hit, hit. And Robin Williams was starting to do that backslide family movie. It was like- right his peak of family movies was Mrs. Doubtfire, but then it's right. like flubber and uh, God, um, uh, what, what dreams may come. Some of those weird sentimental movies, Patch, oh, Adams. You know, Patch Adams, right? When yeah. he was like, I
0: remember him with the red nose.
1: Yeah. And it was like, those movies weren't hitting and Jim Carrey was just boom, boom, boom. And that, that was the first time in, they talk about in the book where he felt like he was losing a step. And when I was watching the documentary with Greg Capullo and, Todd McFarlane it it made me think of like oh Todd McFarlane's looking at Greg Capullo the way Robin Williams was looking at Jim Carrey
0: yeah and it's something it's like this interesting thing you kind of always see I've been watching a lot of like um uh I'm watching a lot of like old wrestling on (laughs) on YouTube like WWF and stuff and then you watch from then and then the decades you see these guys and it's weird because there's always like that younger generation coming in supplanting mm-hmm. like the older generation. Well, it's like that you in know? everything.
1: I mean, I'm everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm 48 now. And a lot of, a lot of uh, people I see coming up are younger. And I hear people in my generation, which is Gen X, of like, Oh, I can't work with millennials. I am like, I like millennials. You're a millennial. Um, Technically.
0: Yeah. That's what I was like. Uh, we always hate it because we yeah. feel like we're, 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 I guess the start of it. Even my sister's mm-hmm. like, my sister's like 30 5, 36 or something yeah 5, well i talked
1: about that with uh beer you know? babe jess is like 36 but she's she's like high high millennial but there's right it's like there's even the, a generation shift between us yeah um but but it is it all comes down to the feeling of all of these kids are coming in you know um i was just listening to been catching up on unspooled unspooled finished by the way unspooled where paul Shear, who does how did this get made And Amy Nicholson, who is a really good uh, film critic. They've been doing the AFI 100. They finished it. So I've, I've been going back and listening to all the movies I didn't really care about. Like the week they put out Raiders of the Lost Ark, I listened immediately. Yeah, yeah, but like Yankee.
0: Now now you got time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so it's like, or fill it all the go work your way backwards.
1: Yeah, but like Yankee Doodle Dandy, (laughs) it took me a couple of months. Where they go, James Cagney, he was a great song and dance man, and then you watch Yankee Doodle Dandy, and he walks back and forth across the stage, going, "I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy, Yankee Doodle doodle a die," and I'm like, "He's not even dancing." (laughs) Right, I could do this. But they talk about the beginning sequence in that because he plays George m cohen who wrote yankee doodle dandy and over there and it's like his biography but it's like he meets these kids who are like into the new music and it's like 40s music and amy nichols is like i can't tell the difference between the 20 songs that george m cohen wrote and the 40 songs that he thinks are mega death. right <laughs> and it's always that it's all always- right it's constant yeah I, I i always used to say from 20 to 40 you are building who you are and what your life is. And then from 40 on, you're trying to protect it. And that's why everyone hates boomers now. Right. Because yeah, they're they, garbage. Because <laughs> Yeah, because they're trying to protect yeah. things like racism and economic collapse and right. ecological disaster.
0: This is the generation that was okay with, uh, where black people couldn't use the same drinking fountain as them. I mean, that's just like... That's
1: well, insane. they were little kids at that point. That was the greatest uh, generation. But the, Yeah, the greatest, yeah. The South, a bunch of princes. Well, it's funny. when I was watching, we're um, nowhere near the topic yet. Uh, we almost we got have to a top- topic. Yeah, we almost got to the topic like three times. Uh, <laughs> um, but Supermarket Sweep is on Netflix now. I know I what that is. Articles about supermarket. You have to watch this. It was a game show in the nineties but in the in the game show ben and i watched it and he was like this show makes no sense and i need to watch all of them i was like no we've watched one that's it that's it you got your fill <laughs> it was but literally it was like a price is right show where they would call people down from the audience to be the contestants and then as oh, i watched
0: get a grocery sh- cart and run up and down yes they
1: built a grocery store as the set yeah okay i remember and that. they would have a minute to just grab things and all the questions they would ask like if you answered questions correctly you got more time to run around the supermarket and, but they were all questions on like brand names. They're like, what do you call the light kind of Pringles chips? And they're like Pringles plus they're like 10 minutes for you. All right. It, and the only thing I could think of, I'm like, Oh my God, this is late stage capitalism. as a oh, TV yeah. show. Because yeah, it's crazy. the whole strategy was after you ran through the grocery store, the person who won the grocery store run was the person that had put the most stuff in their carts Right. So people were just, they weren't even grabbing what they needed. There was Right, a pro- it's like, how many TVs can they fit in their cart? Yeah, there was a produce section behind the game show host. Nobody went there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs vegetables? I'm pretty sure they were wax food. But it's the kind of thing that could only exist in the early 90s.
0: Right. Yeah, they'd never make this now.
1: <laughs> where it's, yeah, it's literally, yeah. literally, the entire show is about this is what things cost. The other thing that's depressing is they do a prices right where they say how much things cost. And I'm like, a whole bag of Oreos was two dollars <laughs> I'm like, I think I just paid like four thirty for it. That's crazy. It's so nuts. But anyway, but the thing we've touched on several times, especially speaking up, uh, about people like Todd McFarlane, is that uh, I had no idea. But yesterday was Spider-Man Day. I had no idea either. Well, apparently, this is the week. Um, The first week of August is when Amazing Fantasy 15 first appeared on the racks. Uh, So, at first, I was like, oh, okay. Just um, Dan Kavazdan, who's been on the show, who runs the Amazing Spidercast, um, he posted it. I'm like, okay, well, you're the expert of all things Spider-Man. Yeah, he would know. Uh, He went so far beyond me in our talk. (laughs) I spent a lot of that conversation going, really? Really? (laughs) Um. I was like, oh, okay, so the fans are doing this. But then I saw Ron Friends post it and did a new sketch. And Philip Tan uh, did a oh. new sketch. So, like, all. Yeah, these see, yeah, maybe parts- I
0: like, didn't really notice because I looked through Instagram and it did seem like everyone was drawing Spider-Man. But yeah. it kind of seems like everyone's always drawing Spider-Man because it's but it Spider-Man.
1: Was a, it was a concerted effort. And uh, yeah. Jim DeMattis like, reposted an intro he wrote for a new book. And um, people were just talking about it. And I realized that I've been in a, a Spider-Man mood for a while like Batman's taking a backseat for Spider-Man for me to the point where, yes, I am still debating whether or not I need the Clone Saga omnibuses. You don't. They've gone way up in price, too. <laughs> so,
0: again, you don't need that.
1: They've got, yeah, this Traczynski Volume okay. 2, too. I'm just watching those because they, because Marvel knew how bad those stories were, so they cut the print run low. Right, and now, they they're, now they're shooting up. Um, but I've been, like, very despite There is a retro wave of Marvel Legends coming out. That's all Spider-Man. Where they've done this for a few years. Where they've done the old toy biz cardboard cards.
0: Yeah, those are actually yeah, it's like uh, uh, it works. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like that stuff. Seeing those packagings in like KB Toys or Toys R Us or whatever mm-hmm. is like uh, it's like it was like pouring acid onto my brain when I was a kid. You know what I mean? It's like I that's- love through action. Figures. And that's
1: interesting because it comes directly from Star Wars because they did it with Star Wars first. They put it on the old Kenner card.
0: Right, yeah.
1: When I When I was a kid and then they were like, why don't we do that with Marvel? And the first couple of waves were just re-releases that, you know, it's like, okay, Iron Man hasn't been out for a while. Captain America hasn't been out for a while. Punisher right. hasn't been out. Let's just put him out again and um, no build a figure. you know. Well, I think
0: they were making the, they released um they were releasing figures that came in those card stocks. So, like Iron Man, Captain America, Punisher were in that same line.
1: Yeah, right. But they when, weren't. But they weren't new figures either. They right. Were they like, were just
0: you know old. You know the the yeah. le- the latest version of that character. They had right.
1: Made. And then so they did another wave of that, which was more Avengers focused, um, and that was a little farther out there because they did Black Widow and Hawkeye. And right, I think I don't think we I've ever, got, think we ever got a Black Widow, but the Hawkeye came out on an Iron Man card right Uh, but then so then they did x-men last year and that's where they finally did like a jim lee storm and a silver samurai um i got all those but this year it's spider-man uh which fits in with spider-man day because can we we put a pin in this real quick why what do you need because
0: uh did you hear about this x-men two-pack of storm and thunderbird
1: yes uh, did you they get one? That, no, because it sold out in like five seconds. Because of fucking bots. Yep, did you hear this? Scalper bots, yes. Scalper what, bots. What I am hoping, I had a long, curse-filled conversation with Joe Fransom on this.
0: Yeah, I bet. Did Joe get one? No, he's very so he's angry. he's pissed, yeah. He's <laughs> very
1: angry. I was... Uh... And so my hope, and I'm not the most positive person in the world, but my hope is because it's Target, that uh it i think it'll show up in stock randomly during the month and Mm -hmm. then i'm hoping that stores will have it because like they're two beautiful figures you need them to complete the classic x-men lineup right it's like i literally it was one of those things i was like well how much are the scalpers gonna charge maybe i'll just buy right for scalper
0: and that's the thing they're gonna charge like 200 my buddy ken he's Mm -hmm. been every time he listens to the show and we talk about the marvel legends and stuff and he's been like dude how come they haven't made thunderbird yet that's been his like thing for the last like couple years and I'm like, yeah, I know. They've made like 17 Wolverines. Do you think they could crank out like one Thunderbird? And then and instead of Thunderbird, they made Warpath. And, it's just and like, it was
1: and it was a sculpt that couldn't substitute as a Thunderbird.
0: Right. That You could, you know, you have to like tear their arm pads off or something. And, and it, uh, yeah,
1: but also the face sculpt, he had long hair. It was like right. different body type. It was not going to work. So it's
0: really frustrating. So then they finally make him. And then he's like, you you, you know, and he was sending me like screenshots from people that were <sighs> selling them on eBay. And it was like hundreds of dollars. You know what I mean? Figures. It's like it's so gross. It's yeah, just, I was. How does fucking Hasbro not have like a bot prevention soft, software or something? You well, that wasn't
1: you? Hasbro. That was Target, and Target doesn't care.
0: Like, even bigger company. <laughs> <It's> Tar- Target.
1: <laughs> but, but you walk into a Target. How many aisles do you think are in a Target? Seventy-five.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, a uh, lot.
1: Action figures are a half of one. They don't care. They're trying to sell yeah. you cheap shirts. And maybe groceries, <laughs> right? Depending on what target
0: you're. Trying on. a little bit of everything.
1: Action figures are so far down the list.
0: Right. That's frustrating. I just
1: pre-ordered the Moon Knight uh, from Walgreens, and Joe wasn't able to get that, and he was pissed.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the I target, was. At- um- the two pack of then Storm and Thunderbird. It's like, could you wander into a Target and find one, or is it only online?
1: Well, this is what I was telling Joe. Yeah, they'll put it out on the shelves. And what I was telling Joe because he was very, very upset. And Joe's always pretty mad. Uh, yeah, so he's
0: like his base is already pretty, yeah. you know. Yeah. Starting from a
1: frothy yeah, you, dander. He starts at a seven. He wakes up at a seven.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But. But I said, uh, Joe, has there ever been a Target exclusive that you never found? Uh, and he goes to stores more than I do. I don't even go that much. Uh, now that I do my own grocery shopping, I realize, oh, I could do all my grocery shopping at a Target crate land. And then I could check your figures every time I have to go grocery shopping. <laughs> Screw Mariano's. <laughs> yeah. Target has toys. <laughs> yeah, Mariano's doesn't have X-Men. All right. <laughs> But I was like, eventually, I think every exclu- Target exclusive I wanted to find, I did find. So, I have hope. I was, I, I was at Mr. Wayne's last night. I was just talking to Mike about the Sentinel. And, and it's starting to slow down now. We did a whole show about it. It hasn't cracked 12,000. It's shot to 11,000. Then it's kind of creep. But there's a month left. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know if I should get one for the store. I'm like, I'm like you know what? The third party third-party vendors are already selling it for 500 to overseas because Hasbro Pulse only works in us Mm. and Canada. So European websites are like charging $500 equivalent. Uh, And I was like, look, it's got a month left. If you put it in the store, just jerks are going to come in going, you have the Sentinel. And then it's going to be there. And he's like, yeah, and then maybe I get one for the back and I sit on it for three years. And I'm like, yeah. And because it's, because it's like a Kickstarter thing, once the pre-orders are done, it's done. and now a year later, like April, May, this is going to come out. And that's yeah. when all the crazy collectors uh, as Mike was telling us a couple weeks ago, the crazy collectors who see a pre-order and then call him and go, "Why don't you have it?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they haven't finished the sculpt. Uh, the I paint don't is miss that.: Yeah, the paint's wet on that prototype in that picture. Yeah. So, so I'm like, you have that – like there's going to be a year between the Pulse Kickstarter closing and the figure coming out. And then the figure's going to come out, and every person, probably me, is going to take a picture and put it on Instagram. Right. And then there's going to be all of these jerks who didn't get around to pre order who now want it.
0: Right. Well, you also – and then I think – so I understand Mike's point where it's like uh, that's, it's a big investment to make to make money. 10 months from then you know what i mean so it's like as a small business owner it's like i remember kind of like yeah you don't have the funds for this i think the other thing is true too is this was the issue i initially had with omnibuses is when they first started soliciting them that amazing spider-man when the first movie came out i'd have the money for them yeah
1: you know what i mean because i got it i got
0: that sentinel that can't afford it that'll want it five years from now you know yeah but then yeah. who wants to fucking hold on to that thing for five years, you know? I will.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean but like then I like a sell. It. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a company doesn't well, want you, to hold on to it. Weren't you telling me like after six months, your inventory is worthless?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a something uh, we were always told from the guy that kind of like helped us. One of the guys that helped us. I mean, many, many people helped us. There's one guy that we used to talk to about. How to run a store. He had three. He's the guy that opened up the original 10th Planets back in the 90s, John Cavallone. And he would always say, Is like, all your inventory is worthless after six months. He's like, You have six months to sell it. If you haven't sold it by then, you've lost your money on it. That was even, like a-
1: even in a collectibles market.
0: Even in a collectibles market, he mm-hmm. was basically saying, Is like, the majority of your money is made right, you know, within that six months. Ideally, you know, it's like, you shouldn't even have like, it was like, he always said, You'd always want to sell out of this week's comics on Tuesday. Cause that was the end of your week. Mm-hmm. He said, if you got Batman in on Wednesday, you'd want to be sold out by Batman on Tuesday night so that there's no, you know what I mean? It's like the, it's, you made your money. It's all gone. Right. You know, you can get a second printing if you wanted or whatever. But uh, he was one of those guys that was like, move the merchandise, move the merchandise, you know? Yeah,
1: And the omnibus is um, I bought my amazing Spider-Man omnibus when I got a good job. Cause it came right. out, it came out. I was home with Ben. So I wasn't making right. any money and I had the Marble Masterworks and then it was like, that was my reward for landing a good job, which, uh, right. it's, which it's, uh, 12 years later and I haven't had a job that good, right. uh, that paid that well, gave me my own office. My, right. uh, my boss loved me. Uh, I was moving to Chicago hurt <laughs> <laughs> as I say, from a one bedroom apartment that no one is in. Well, um, you're
0: somewhat in
1: But that was like, I was like, I'm going to buy myself some stuff. And then I bought, uh, I think I bought the Hot Toys Hellboy. And I bought the Amazing Spider-Man omnibus. And that's the one I still have. It's the, I think it's the first print. But, yeah, yeah, I'm but,
0: probably like the second or third print. Because like, I had to wait until they reprinted it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and <laughs> that's, what
1: I'm, but that's what I'm dealing with now with the omnibus is, is now that, Uh, I'm letting go of a lot of my comics and honestly the hardest one to let go is amazing Spider-Man because I have from Ditko up and I don't want to break that up. But then you get into the point where it's like, well, all these are crossovers, So these go into web of Spider-Man. I guess I got to keep all my web of Spider-Man's right. It's a, Uh, it's a slippery slope. I feel like I get, I could get rid of Batman easier because Batman doesn't have one continuity where it's like, Oh, these stories are great. These stories are crap. 70s Batman is not connected to 90s Batman whatsoever right so i was like i could probably let this stuff go and then i have the books on the shelf that are the good stuff dark knight returns and hush and court of owls and it's like you pull the good stuff off the shelf but spider-man amazing spider-man just goes like i, I just my, it's
0: like i never understand the multiple formats you do <laughs> you know
1: it's like i it, want i want the one format that's gonna work completely and i know it's yeah. never gonna happen because well, digital is probably your best bet yeah, but then in, even in digital, some of these are graphic novels and some of these are single issues. But like I said, now I, I keep looking at the Clone Saga and the, and the Straczynski because they're big, important runs. That are terrible, and I have all the issues, I know, that's the other but I thing don't have like, them here.
0: How could you be tempted to get these? You, don't, you won't read them. You won't.
1: I might just to hurt myself. Just because, like, well, I bought them. I'm going to read them.
0: <laughs> Might as well. But yeah. why? You're not going to like it. You're just going to get mad.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, right now I'm reading volume three of Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. And it's like, a, it's like the Bill Mantlo run before Roger Stern comes on. And it's, like, a lot about carry-on that's like the oh, it's weird. big villain light master it's like yeah. those guys and it's it's not that good no. and i'm just like well i'm reading it yep <laughs> here i am and it's like there's a few times i'm reading that book and they would have the asterisk and he'd be like peter parker would get home and he's complaining is one of the reasons i love spider-man hey we're back on topic <laughs> and, and yeah, he's man. just like he's like i just fought the vulture and there's no milk in my refrigerator which is and which I just adore. But he's just, yeah. when he, when he said, I just fought the Vulture. And will go asterisk, Amazing Spider-Man, 184. And I'm like, well, I have that in a masterwork. Maybe I'll just fucking read that. You <laughs> <laughs> Be <a> better story. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the thing I'm most looking forward to, I'm going to take the pin out of that now, mm. is um, the, the retro wave. Because as we were talking about, they were doing the old Toy Biz Waves. Oh, and yeah. This year it's Spider-Man, and stores are starting to get it in. And I was out in the neighborhood, and I just drove over to Westmont and basically just begged Mike if he had the Retrowave yet. Because I have them all pre-ordered, and I told him, I was was like, I will cancel my pre-order if you get them in. He's like, I don't have them yet. But I want them so much. Mike did tell me last night he has customers that pre-order on Big Bad Toy Store, then forward him the pre-order and say, pull me for these, and I will cancel this pre-order. Oh wow. I'm starting to get that point. Cause he said, Oh, that Mayfix Batman Hush is coming out soon. I was like, I pre-ordered on Big Bad Toy Story. He's like, Yeah, you could cancel that.
0: Yeah. See, that's <laughs> the thing I want to do is like I the Captain Marvel I ordered, I think, before I knew I knew Mike, but I sh- I should have ordered it through him, is what I'm saying. I He's think, got it
1: now, I saw it last night.
0: Right. Well, I've got it. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. Dave Johnson got it for me through cause he has pulse. But it's like the next set that I see where I'm like somebody I want, I'm just going to have him fucking go through Mike. I'm sick of it. I don't want to buy shit from Amazon or like yeah, well, I have, corporations. I just want to give him my friend money yeah, and I'm give, having have a hot, him give me a nice thing that I
1: like. I'm having a harder and harder time buying things on Amazon. I am starting to go to eBay and buy things for the same price. And I'm like, you know what? I can wait two weeks on this. It's like, because right. I know you're a guy that owns a comic book store that can't open in your town. You're not Jeff Bezos who made $14 billion in one day of the pandemic.
0: Dude, that guy made more money testifying before Congress than you, me, and everybody we know will ever make in our lives combined.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he has to live like, I think he has to live like 5,000 lifetimes to spend that money. Yeah, it's it's a, he's an evil person. It's just yeah. there, there's no other way about it. You can't have that much money and not
0: be Chris, evil. Fuck Chris him. Rock
1: Chris Rock had this great joke. He goes, "Jeff Bezos is so rich, he had a divorce and he's still the richest man in the world and she took half
0: his wealth." Yep. Her that divorce was the single largest transference of wealth in human history and he's still the richest person in the world (laughs) that That woman is my hero stupid yeah good for her fuck him (laughs) and she's
1: attractive yeah of
0: course she is (laughs) (laughs) because Bezos can afford whatever he wants
1: yeah that's what i used to say about stan lee when stan lee was getting like 93 94 uh, I, I would say, I look at Stan Lee, and that's as good as you can possibly look at 93. Because Stan right. Lee does not ask his insurance if they could cover something. Right. They're like, Stan, you should have been dead 15 years ago. You need a new pancreas. He's right. not going to be like, oh, well, uh, do I have a second pancreas that can compensate? No, you don't. Oh, Excelsior. <laughs> No, my sad. stance says excelsior for negative things too right oh, <laughs> it's excelsior. all in the tone it's in
0: the tone you know
1: it's a, it's a tonal word yeah but uh, oh it's but this retro wave i cannot wait i'm like there's a new spider there's a spider-man in it that's built on a new body that people are going insane for there's a green goblin with a norman osborne head there's a gwen stacy with a mary jane head they're both classic ramita and gwen stacy's wearing like the green coat And the thigh-high boots, basically, you want to create a model of a bridge. A bridge, yeah. Right, this is, it is uh, panel perfect. Yeah, my friend uh, uh, Andrew Torres, uh, who I used to work with at the museum, is a really talented artist, and he, in his apartment when he was single, he built an entire New York diorama and it had like bridges and buildings and stuff. And it would just go You didn't down. have to say when he was single, John. I inferred that based on <laughs> what he did.
0: Yeah. Uh, but
1: I, so, I always wanted a Gwen Stacy figure to throw off it. And now he's married with a kid. And he probably tore it all down. <laughs> probably. But I need somebody that has a six scale, a 12 scale bridge for yeah. six inch figures. Because I, I need to throw her off a bridge.
0: Yeah, you got. Well, you could build one in your spare time.
1: Yeah, but there's like a new right. electro in there. There's uh.
0: Is it a classic electro? It's a, a classic electro. electro. Yeah, yeah, because
1: they just did one that's a brand new day electro. So he has. The, you could switch it with the classic mask head, but he's got the scarred head, and like the right. boots are different, the gloves are different. So I like them both. He doesn't I'm look the, as cool as much of an asshole as he yeah. probably does. Well, I'm at the point with my uh, Spider-Man figures. I was curating what goes in the boys' room, what goes in my room. And um, I'd have been open. I was like, you know what? I need my favorite Spider-Mans in my room. And when I went through it, for the most part, I had two of almost every major character. Because I'm like, oh, there's this costume and this costume and this costume and this costume. And I'm like, you will get the brand new Day Electro. And I will get the jerky Dick Collector. They're even doing the Scott McDaniel 90s Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, the armor. (laughs) Yeah, which uh, D- D.G. Chichester wrote, who I ended up working with in advertising. We're still Facebook friends. He actually does a podcast on advertising. With, oh. And his co-host is a, guy, is a guy I used to work with. Um, I didn't mean to talk to him about that because we should get him on. But he did not like to talk about Marvel Comics when I knew him. Yeah. He, was like, he was like, dude, can't we just do advertising now? <laughs> he, he no, don't tell a, me about 90s daredevil yeah but there's a figure coming out of that and i'm like yes i yeah. want it i don't even like daredevil that much and that costume's terrible <laughs> it is that? it's terrible but i and, like that you get everything because then i it mean at cool. some point i'll get to see it after quarantine's over yeah i sold shadowlands <laughs> daredevil because i'm like daredevil just in black nah. yeah
0: it's dumb. I didn't care for Shadowlands
1: <laughs> No but I cannot, I cannot wait for these figures For so much that I have them pre-ordered on Hasbro And I'm begging Mike To get them in And I think it's that It's that pent up of like I want to spend money on Spider-Man and it's Spider-Man day Right <laughs> That I'm like uh, maybe I'll just buy the Straczynski Omnibus Before, before it, it eclipses retail Because it's getting around that 100 105 right. like, Shame on you in Stock Trades had it for 75 in April, and I was like, I don't want that. And now it's July, and it's $110. i am like, I think I want that. No, that's crazy. No, no. You know, no, I'm you know selling that story
0: st- trash.
1: I'm selling stuff on eBay.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, it was funny because what we did for Spider-Man Day, I had Sebastian with me. We're doing this thing called Split Night where on Friday nights, one boy goes to one house and one boy goes to the other house. And, um, so Sebastian, and I, we ended up just watching Spider-Man because, well, he was diagnosed, uh, on the spectrum for autism and ADHD oh, and yeah, DMDD, which is depressive mood dysregulation disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all lines up to, I don't want to. Yeah. Um,
0: I, my, my roommate, Jordan, she was over there the other day cleaning.
1: Yeah. And I guess she was talking
0: to Renee and Renee told her, and she's like, did you know that uh, you know, they just found out that uh, Sebastian's autistic, right? Yeah, and I was like, it's not surprising. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like he—he's kind of a little jerk. He's adorable, but yeah. he sometimes he's a little
1: jerk, and you're just like, oh well, that, I mean, that it's—it's it's not shocking. <laughs> that explains. Yeah, I had to break up a fight between him and Ben where Ben was like Ben was going stop it stop it and I pulled Ben aside I'm like stop it is never gonna work we've had doctors tell us now we have to think we have to think outside of the box here you know yes we have to try something different he's like Ben's always mean to me I'm like because you tell him stop it and he right. clearly can't but I had him on Friday night and it was just like what do you want to watch spider-man so we watched like because he's ADHD, which I don't know. I'm sure I have proclivities. Um, Yeah, I'm sure I do too. My sister's convinced I'm diagnosed. We watched Spider-Man Homecoming. We watched uh, Spider-Man 3 because he had never seen it. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, because he's got a great memory and he's like, Spider-Man 1 has Green Goblin and Spider-Man 2 has uh, Dr. Octopus. And I was like, Who's Spider-Man 3 have? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, that's Sandman. That's Venom. He's like, no i didn't see that i was like all right mm. we're watching it's spider-man day right and the um actually i'm watching we're watching season two of the latest spider-man show on disney plus okay Which is fine all the disney plus shows they're for kids they're not for i can't fans. watch them yeah no but season two is doing superior spider-man oh that's cool and it's really cool and the guy who does dr octopus does robin on teen titans go so they mm. change the voice so it's now, it's now like the voice actor who does Dr. Octopus voicing Spider-Man and he's already changed the suit oh, to that's the black cool. and red. And I'm like,
0: yeah, see, it's like this. I talked to my buddy about the, uh, we were talking about cartoons the other day and I was saying, it's like, they did these perfect cartoons, like spectacular Spider-Man Avengers yeah, Earth's Mightiest so. Heroes volume one or the first season or whatever. These are like perfect cartoons. And then I keep trying, I've tried some of those Disney shows on the, uh, um, right the app or whatever disney plus and i tried some of spider-man and it's like i know they're doing cool stories like and the, the animation is
1: really nice
0: right the animation's just fine it's yeah. like they're doing interesting stories they did like this whole thing about like with the cabal in the later avenger shows with oh, like, with like red skull running around in like iron man armor and i'm like this is really cool what are they doing and i tried watching and it's just like it's so aimed at kids it's like it's like they're firing way too low for me to yeah
1: yeah, it's, I feel like the Fox, you know I mean? as, clunky, as clunky as the Fox shows were in the 90s and the animation wasn't great and the voice acting was stilted, especially compared to Batman, the animated series, which was at the same time, they did kind of hit that sweet spot of kid comic fan.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've rewatched really F- a lot of like the X-Men. It's like, yeah, Dark Phoenix Saga is still cool yeah. to watch. It's like the Days of Future Past episode. It's like, you I know, still- there's a lot of cool stuff in there.
1: I'll, st- I'll still never be able to call X-Men a great show because Batman the Animated Series would come on right after it. And I'm like, yes, this is clearly the superior show.
0: Yeah, I think it's like uh, one had a lot more money than another. Yeah. And uh, one had it, a f- it shows, you know, yeah. one had, one a, had full a full orchestra. orchestra. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> right? Because Steven Spielberg is
1: insane. <laughs> well, uh, I was watching a documentary on that. The thing about the orchestra, the orchestra was not expensive. Because it was Warner Brothers, so everyone in that orchestra was on staff. So basically, mm. they just scheduled in their downtime, because they were they, basically everyone in there. And I'm thinking early, early nights. They're they're probably like, okay, we're doing the we're doing the Clint Eastwood, we're doing a Clint Eastwood drama on Tuesday. We're doing the Fugitive on Thursday. Ah, Wednesday, we'll do some cartoons. Right. So they were just there. Like the, there wasn't there was an oboe player who pulled up to the Warner Brothers lot every day and went, yes, I'm the oboe player. Here's my ID. Right, I have a job (laughs) five days a week. I go
0: and play an oboe.
1: Yeah, he wasn't a freelancer. (laughs) Right, he was staff. (laughs) Yeah. This guy had a pension. (laughs) It was this magical time. Yeah, I find the new Disney shows just because uh, I don't like that there's Marvel content out there that I haven't seen
0: yeah, it's going to get in your head. It
1: gets, uh, they have Inhumans on Disney+, Plus and every once a week, I'm like, I should watch it.
0: Yeah. But I'm Before still trying to finish
1: Legion, and then I'm going to watch Doom Patrol. And then um, I was just talking to Kate Kolzik, who runs the Televerse podcast. It's been a while since she's been on. But she's been on a few times, and she's like, actually, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got good. And then I'm like, ah, I'm two seasons behind on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's on Netflix. But I'm finding with the cartoons, put them on in the background. If you just wanna if you just wanna look up and like, hey, there's Iron Man flying around, there's jumping over explosions. It's because they're aimed at kids, you can put it on while you're working and just be like, you can be typing and then glance up the same way you had the TV on at the store.
0: Right. Yeah, it's like I just I'm not doing anything these days where it's a uh a thing on in the background because it's like uh, I'm never home anymore. <laughs> it's like I got to go to work, you know. Oh yeah, you're going in now. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. We're all <laughs> we're wearing masks and we're in separate rooms. I have wow. an entire floor to myself with my own separate staircase. <laughs> you have more space than you have in an apartment. Uh, yeah, I mean we're we're effectively in a, like what was a house, and then the studio is you know next to it. It's like the big garage, so it's like we're like not even in the same room, you know. Yeah. Um, I was just looking up on Netflix. The uh, have you watched any of the Umbrella Academy? It seems I, like the I started to get.
1: I um, was just talking with this uh, with my captain last night, and I've got some uh, people I work with that love it. Uh, yeah. People that I have not seen in person since March. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but they were raving about it, and I started to get in the first episode, and I'm like, I just started to think about all the shows I hadn't finished. I'm like, mm. all right. I don't know Instead that I'll get to it. Yeah, I sort of watched the first one, and it was good, but it didn't hook me right away. I'm like, ah, it's kind of X-Men. But then I was, immediately I was like, you didn't finish Legion. Oh, there's a new season of Doom Patrol. Like, you just feel like I was saying. Yeah, and I heard Doom Patrol was incredible, and I never watched season it. Season one is good, and now uh, season, both seasons are on the HBO app, if you don't want the DC app. Yeah. HBO app is expensive, but it's good. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to keep it, because it's as much as HBO. But they've got like everything Cartoon Network. They've got um, everything DC. They've got Rick and Morty. Yeah, they've got Rick and Morty. They've got they've got everything Warner Brothers. Like I was watching the Maltese Falcon on it. Yeah, you know, um, it goes pretty deep. It's like as good as Disney Plus, but it's way more expensive.
0: Is that HBO Max?
1: Yeah. So if you have
0: HBO, you don't have HBO Max. No, if you have No,
1: if you have HBO, you do have HBO Max. Oh. But then I dropped HBO. Yeah, And then uh, I bought a TV that was like a free month of HBO Max. And I'm like, I bought that TV a month ago. Right, yeah. So <laughs> that, the, that that you wasted up. your time. Yeah, we've been watching. <laughs> well, the boys have been watching a lot of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They've decided that is the new greatest show ever.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, I never got into that either.
1: It's, it, it's very Adult Swim. It's like the prototypical Adult Swim show where, the, where they're like, this show makes no sense for 10 minutes and then it stops Right. And then you're watching a different show and you're just like, what even happened? Yeah. But they they love that sensibility. We watched all of Space Ghost Coast to Coast and the Brack Show when we got HBO Max. And then uh, they're re-watching Rick and Morty. And every time they watch it, I'm like, you guys are seven and thirteen. You shouldn't be watching this at all. Right. <laughs> Maybe the 13-year-old's fine, you know what I mean? Eh, even. Awesome, you know, yeah. but the seven-year-old. The seven-year-old I keep saying, like, hey, did that scare you? he's like, nope. And I'm like, uh, well, one for us then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but I can't keep one out of the room with the other. That's why. Um, right, yeah, sp- well, how are you supposed to? The last two split nights I had with Ben, we watched Blade 2 and Logan. Because I was like, well, your brother's not walking in on this. Right. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> you got to yeah. use it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, this one has vampires whose face is split open. And then this, yeah, but I think that's like, I was probably 13 when I saw blade too. Oh, yeah? like, when did
0: that come out? I,
1: don't, I was an adult when it came out. So like, yeah. And that's like, I think I was in like high school maybe or eighth grade. No, I, I, don't know. I had a job, <laughs> but yeah. And then, uh, Logan, I'm like, here's the most depressing superhero movie you'll ever see.
0: Yeah. I watched that in the theaters and, uh, I don't think I've seen it since.
1: Oh, I, I've seen it 10 times. I love it.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I would went back to it. I think I saw it once, but I saw it maybe once when it came out on digital so or whatever. Good. It's not that it's
1: not good. I just think it's just like, this is a sad movie, but it's You're good. Really sad. That, <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing. When they announced all the Marvel Legends, X-Men movie figures, I, I was looking at, I was like, yeah, I guess you got to make these. There's so many of them. Uh, I was arguing with Mike about this. I was like, Hasbro made all the Sam Raimi Spider-Man characters. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, they should resculpt them now because they're still popular in Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah, but they did. You can get a Marvel Legends Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus and Venom. Like, you can get versions from those movies. X-Men, they, they stopped after X-Men 2. I'm right. like, there's all these movies. So, you know, we're finally getting a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. I pre-ordered the Josh Berlin cable. Why? Uh, because I talked myself out of the Hot Toys, Josh Brolin Cable.
0: Oh, there you go. So, like you're, you're making slightly better decisions. Well, and
1: Deadpool 2 is great, and he is great at it.
0: And he's yeah, Cable. Yeah, I, I saw it, and I liked it. And again, I don't think it was one I ever went back to. I, think I it's watched it. Enough uh, that I know that I've seen it once.
1: I watched it a few weeks ago, just out of the blue, and I was like, yeah, it's still really good. But Logan, they're doing a two-pack of Logan and senile Professor X in a wheelchair, and it's like oh, 50, yeah. $50, and I'm like, sold. Yeah. And then, uh, then in this conversation, I'm like, all right, The Dark Knight was pushing it. I'm like, do I really want toys of the most depressing movie you've ever seen? Right? Like, Did anybody get Saving Private Ryan toys? Did Hasbro even pitch it? I, um, People
0: love toys I remember Hanks. we had a conversation a few months ago about – you're like, ah, I mean, I'm downscaling. I gotta, you know, I'm getting rid of all this stuff. and some of the this stuff on eBay. And you were like, do I really need MCU versions of all these characters I love? Do I really need to have the MCU, Iron Man, and all these guys? And I thought you were talking about getting rid of all your movie figures. Now you're pre-ordering all brand new ones.
1: Uh, not all of them, but yeah. I le- uh, the boys have all the MCU figures, so I didn't sell right. them. But I want to, yeah, I do want to focus on comic figures. But that's the thing about collecting is that you make these agendas for yourself and then something right. comes out out of the blue and it, it just hits that spark inside you and you're like, I need that. It's like when you have a favorite comic artist, like if uh, Brian Hitch or David Finch, like if they decide to do Doctor Strange, you're like, I don't read Doctor Strange, but I'm getting that. But I will now, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. I'm like, I want that Hugh Jackman with the beard. And, like, the right. Professor X, he's like, it's a great Patrick Stewart likeness, and he's all slumpy and in his sweater. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I want to I wheel him around my table and have him yell about chalupas. Yeah. Hello, new chalupa from Taco Bell. Get it with chicken. Water supplies last. Great. I love that movie. It, that movie, when we finished it, I turned to Ben, and I was like, you know, I think that's my favorite movie that's not funny. <laughs> There's not oh, one. All
0: right. Yeah, there's not a well, There's not I mean, really a joke.
1: There's a couple there's of moments with X23,
0: yeah, and I think like maybe Professor X had a couple like funny moments, but yeah, yeah but overall, it's not, I wouldn't, it's not it's a not a comedy,
1: it's not an MCU movie by any stretch. It's the no. kind of movie we'll never see again because when the X Men are in the MCU, they're not going to make anything like that, like yeah, Disney's. Right. So f- I, Disney they don't know
0: what to do, yeah. I think it's, it's been long enough that they've had the rights that I, well, the you know, the COVID and everything got right. pushed, everything got pushed back. But And Kevin
1: Feige think, did say it would probably take five years because their schedule, their schedule was greenlit. Like right. They, they weren't going to bump like Shang Yeah, they're Chi. not going to
0: bump the Eternals or Shane because yeah, they got to do the X-Men. X-Men yes. Because, you know, at some point, uh, they're going to have to run out of stuff you know, it's like Iron Man's done. They're not going to make any more Iron Man's. So it's like Captain
1: America's done. How
0: many Shang-Chi movies are you going to make one and then throw them on a team? You know, they're not going to make a bunch of Shang-Chi. Well, we'll see. It
1: all depends on if it hits. I mean, I don't think they, I don't think they had planned a second guardians of the galaxy. You don't think so? Um, no, I don't think so. I think they were going to do it as a one-off and then see, and they were like, see how it does probably put them in Avengers. And then it was a huge hit. like, Uh, Doctor Strange did well but I could see them backing out of a sequel if they needed to but now Sam Raimi's doing it.
0: Yeah Uh, I think they're gonna lean into Doctor Strange because it's like Doctor Strange is gonna every one of these new characters will at least get two or three movies right because they're gonna try to get their mileage out of everybody because you know at some point Thor is gonna stop making Thor movies we lost Captain America we lost Iron Man so it's like how many more of these franchises And that's the thing. There's right so now. many
1: characters in the Marvel Universe, but the thing is now they have the entire Marvel Universe. Like, now they can do the X-Men, which that's right. 20. Uh, Fox made, what, 10, 12?
0: Yeah, it's, movies? they could do as many as they like. It's yeah. like with X-Men.
1: Fantastic Four, they, they can reboot that. I still believe that because the last one tanked so hard, we're gonna they're gonna do it like Black Panther or Spider-Man. The Fantastic Four is gonna show up in somebody else's movie. Yeah,
0: I, I have heard that a lot of and you know it's all rumor nonsense at this point, but that uh, the will used the Fantastic Four and Black Panther as like a homage, lo- right? That,
1: yeah, that'd be a lovely homage because Black Panther's first appearance is in the Fantastic Four. Right. So it's like it, he
0: kinda returns a favor.
1: And I kinda wanna see like Shuri meet Reed Richards because I'm never going to have Reed Richards meet Tony Stark, which bums me out.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's like, I keep hearing this thing. It's like all these idiots are speculating online that, that Marvel's going to do the Illuminati. And it's like, okay, you yeah. can't do the Illuminati without Iron Man. And did they, Yee. is Iron Man alive? Did they fake his death? It's like, you know. But you know
1: what? They've changed the lineup so much that. Right. Yeah. They, they could make they their might, own. You know They could I mean? do it without Tony. Right. And, uh, because the Illuminati is what Professor X, Black Bolt, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Tony—is that everybody? And Namor, Namor,
0: yeah. Oh, Black Panther wasn't in the original one. He was one of the ones where they they, they met in Wakanda, and he's like, "You guys are idiots. Don't do yeah. this." And that's in
1: uh, and that's in Hickman's Avengers run, right?
0: Hickman's Avengers run, he joins in the yeah. initial run at Bendis because Bendis created the Illuminati, right? Panthers uh, at the meeting, and he's just like, "This isn't." We're not going to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's it's good stuff. But yeah, I think I mean Marvel's whole strategy is let's just keep pumping out characters until one of them really tanks, and nobody knows right. what that's going to be. And then of course everything is shut down. We've had this. We were supposed to see a Black Widow movie two months ago. We haven't seen a Marvel right. movie in a year, and it was a Spider Man movie.
0: Right, that was the last one we saw. And Spider-Man
1: got pushed back to Christmas. Black Widow's
0: supposed to come out in November, but spoiler alert, it's not. No one's going to go see fucking movies in November because we're never going to get this under control. Yeah, I don't you know, think
1: 2020 ter- like, yeah, is a wash as well. Um, yeah. My job said we're not going back to at least October, and every month they push it back a month.
0: Right. It's Which like a- school's opening. It's like uh, they could tell schools are going to open, and then all the teachers are just going to go on strike. It's like well, there's we got no an e-
1: way we got an teachers email are going f- back to school. We got an email from school about like here's five different ways we could do this, and Mm -hmm. and and uh, Renee was calling me up and she's like, well, do you vote for this? And what about this? And what about this? What about? Oh, they want
0: you guys to vote on what to do.
1: Yeah, and and I was like, look, they're gonna do what's safe because I'm like Pritzker's not gonna Pritzker's not Betsy DeVos. He's not gonna force everybody back into an unsafe environment. I'm like, let them decide and tell me. But yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's it's insane. And you
0: know what? It's like you're talking to my buddy in Canada and he's just like, what the fuck is going on over there? And I'm like, dude, I have We're no the worst. Life. We,
1: we are, are the worst. We're not allowed to leave. Yeah. It's like we, we've been making jokes about dystopian societies really since the 80s. It's yeah. like what science fiction had a dystopian society with a, a, a lunatic celebrity running the country Uh, You can't get in, you can't get out. A pandemic is killing people. Millions are out of work and homeless. And they're Um, not
0: doing anything to fix it. They're not doing We all got those checks back in March or April or whatever. And now they're arguing about whether we can get a second check. And it's like, but what, what, what have they done since then? And you Nothing. say what you will about the Republicans, they're scumbags. What the fuck have the Democrats
1: been doing all summer? You they've know been what per- I mean? It's like, they have been proposing so things crazy. that have, they've been proposing things that have been getting shut down. Uh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Right. Like that, uh,
0: that $600 unemployment benefit ended this yeah. past week. And a lot of the rent moratoriums, the what do you call it? uh, They're saying like some some like
1: fifty million could be homeless
0: are going to be homeless next month, and that problem is going to. They said it'll double every month because every single month more and more people be getting losing their uh, homes or whatever. And it's like we lost a we lose a million jobs a week. Uh, Every week, a million people are filing for unemployment. Like what? It's like
1: we lose a thousand people a day. A thousand people a day die.
0: Right. It's crazy. And One in five people are unemployed and the government's yeah. just like, yeah, you guys are fine.
1: <laughs> and I can be such a pessimist, but I did Ugh. not think that people were going to care. The government especially was going to care this little about human lives. It's I'm like, just, oh, yeah. They'll try, I'm like, they'll try to fuck you out of money and they'll step on your rights. But they don't want people to die because like, that's clearly the dividing line where you lose support if, if, you, if people just start dying. Apparently not.
0: Right. They don't
1: care. They don't care. And we're doing so much worse than every other country where it's just like, where they're like, Oh, well we can't stop it. Every other country is stopping it. Yeah. But who who cares? I mean, it was one thing with the gun lobby, but this is like, there's no COVID lobby. There's nobody who's, there's nobody who's actively paying politicians to be pro COVID.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. They're
1: just not good. There was a great quote from uh, Michelle Obama. I saw of, um, so did you ever get intimidated when, you know, you're a black woman and you're starting to sit on these meetings? She goes, she said, yes, but in a couple minutes, you realize people aren't that smart.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's where I mean kind of
0: just shows you. It's like one of those things you learn the older you get, you know, it's just like, you're just yeah. kind of like, Oh yeah. Everyone's just kind of winging it. You know, you get older. And I always thought of my parents. I'm like, Oh yeah. My parents is just like, no, they're just people. They're just people doing their
1: best. Yeah, <laughs> so when It's I, like, you know, when I think of all the confidence I threw away my life because I, because I said, "But I don't know," right? Yeah, and then not realizing, like, that's all Most anybody's don't doing. Don't stop to question themselves. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, and that's where and that's we. are. That's why we live in a problem. So like everyone yeah. thinks they're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as we said, you can't tell me what to do. That's right. that's what don't tread on me is is yeah you, don't tread on me is you can't tell me what to do.
0: You can't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. Yep. You're not the boss of me.
1: I'm not wearing. Herman Cain. You see, Herman Cain was at the Tulsa mm. rally saying you don't have to wear a mask. He's dead now.
0: Right. Of from COVID. this, And they said it's like the timing, the incubation period lines up. They're like, we'll never. Mm. you can never tell where he got it from. You will never know. But it's just like they said the timing does line up that this guy caught it at the fucking rally. You know, yeah. it's just like and unbelievable. It's
1: still nobody's like, oh, all right. Like we're right. killing our own people yeah no there's no bottom yeah, it's crazy
0: there's no bottom no. <laughs> it's like every week it just gets worse than the week before
1: i think uh, you know and i think to bring things full circle that's why i've been more spider-man than batman i don't need it i don't need a dark depressing scenario right and at more, least spider-man's
0: I, got a sense of humor about him he's a little bit more joyful yeah like, i don't think
1: yeah. i don't want a city where it's night and there's a psychopathic clown murdering people Right. Yeah. Cause we have that in the white house every day. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I, we don't need, you know, I just saw one of those questions on social media it was like, what's the best and worst thing you've binge watched during the pandemic. And I wrote the best is Star Trek because they get a virus every three weeks and they cure it in 40 minutes. Yes. <laughs> but it's, a, but it's always a virus was like, we're all talking German now. <laughs> right <laughs> we, it's always a weird we, or they we, all want to fuck each other they all want to fuck each other and it's always and it's always more like we're all laughing and getting old it always comes down to and nobody can control the engineering so right just, it's gonna crash um i said the worst the worst thing to watch is breaking bad because it's nothing but a reminder of how broken our healthcare system is yeah if I, we um, had a good health there was a meme going around it said breaking bad in europe and it's uh, oh, it's yeah. in it episode one. You have cancer. Here is your treatment. <laughs> Creator Vince Gilligan. Right. Yeah, only in America. Only in America, but by gum, I'm gonna get those, uh I'm gonna get that Gwen Stacy and throw her off a bridge, and it's gonna make throw me her happy. Because it's your right as an American. <laughs> it's my right as an American to throw Gwen Stacy off a bridge. Because you know yeah. what? That's what that's the way Jerry Conway did it. That's right. That's the way I'm going to. By the way, Jerry Conway um, is a great person to follow on Twitter. I, I've, I've gotten some feedback about, hey, thanks for letting me know to follow Walt Simonson. By the mm. way, Walt Simonson answered me yesterday. Yeah. Walt Simonson talked to me. That kind of made my day. Yeah, somebody posted uh, the cover of Raiders of the Lost Ark issue two, and it's a Walt Simonson cover, which I didn't realize. And it's, um, I don't know if you remember that cover, but it's like Indies being lowered into the Well of Souls. And there's mm-hmm. these very Walt Simonson evil snakes on the bottom of it. Yeah. And it looks great. And then I just, I commented, yeah, John Beshema did the interiors, but that covers all Walt. And then Walt Simonson said, Klaus Janssen inked John Bashema.": Nice. And I was like, yes, he did. Thank you, Walt Simonson. That's good. And then Steve Niles said, why don't we, on Twitter, why don't we use Thought Balloons anymore? And I said, because captions kill Thought Balloons. And he liked that. Yeah. They they did, did, after Dark Knight you Returns, see it. it's they just like, started writing uh, first person. Right. You
0: do see captions occasionally, but it's more of, like, uh, done ironically or something. You know what I mean? Like, Bendis tried to bring captions back, Thought do you remember Thought that? Thought Balloons, yes. He bought, oh, yeah, Thought Balloons. He tried yeah. to bring Thought Balloons back with Mighty Avengers, and he, well, just, he just got r- ridiculous with it. And I'm like, I don't need an internal monologue of what every single character is thinking. That's not what Thought Balloons were for. Dummy. Yes.
1: It's not about the plot or the character development.
0: Right, it's just nonsense.
1: Yeah, it's like it reminds me of that. Uh, there's a Joss Whedon joke, and it's captions, it's not the There's a, uh, it's in astonishing X Men. I think it's six where they're fighting the big monster before the Fantastic Four shows up and yells at them. And mm. it's each one of their internal dialogues. I'm like, oh, Kitty, yeah. Kitty's worried about her relationship with Colossus, and Cyclops is thinking about running the team, and Emma's wondering where. Where Cyclops is And then Wolverine just goes I like beer
0: I like beer, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I remember because it was a, uh, It was like a couple pages Or a couple panels Each character got a couple panels yeah. It's like cameras moving around them And they got all these balloons And then the couple panels Was Wolverine fighting the giant monster And just silent, 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 silent I like beer <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I'm
1: like, it's great You know, we finished Firefly again During pandemic And I'm like, if you want to understand Joss Whedon just watch firefly because you could watch all of buffy and you could watch angel and dollhouse and um his version of much ado about nothing and both avengers but everything he likes to do was completely encapsulated in firefly and even in astonishing x-men i can be like okay that's wash that's jane that's mal like it's all the and there's only 13 episodes and it's on netflix you know what? That's my greatest thing in the world. Go fucking watch Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's great too because it's only 13 episodes and then they made a movie uh, and the movie ends. <laughs> like the movie clearly ends where you just go, yep, that's the end. The movie ended,
0: but the demand for more never has.
1: Yeah, but they're not getting it because the movie no. tanked. Because they, they found out exact, exactly how many Firefly fans there were and they all went to see the movie opening weekend and there weren't enough.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. It's crazy that they uh, – it's good that they made it, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. like uh, people uh, – maybe they will get it, you know what I mean? Because it's well, like it, um, um, the-
1: worse things have happened in this world. They're going to build that giant fucking Sentinel, you know? <laughs> you can follow Stephen at the thebratebutterpecan on Instagram. If you want to follow me, I'm at notonmybook on Instagram and on Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinatedcomics, where we post all the news. And if you want to listen to the show every week, if you're not subscribed, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or just go to radiomisfits.com and click on the lifestyle tab and you can see episodes for years and years and years. Happy quarantining. We'll talk to you next week.